This time on TNT. The roster for Toronto men's league hockey team Lebad. The Stomp the Stigma golf tournament's back. And radio's favorite morning poo crew. That's all coming up right now on TNT. And now I met to know the starting lineup for the Lebad men's league team playing in Toronto. This is real life, guys. This is a real team from Toronto. This is the real lineup, guys. On left wing, number 94, Aaron Goddard. I'll go to numero 94, Aaron Goddard. Right wing, number 77, Evan Bonsell. I'll draw numero 77, Evan Bonsell. Center, number 23, Mike Hood. Centre numéro 23, Mike Hood. Defense, number 89, Andrew Brandt. Defense numéro 99, Andrew Brandt. Defense number 2, Scott Watson. Defense numéro 2, Scott Watson. Left wing, number 5, Ryan Thompson. Aile gauche, numéro 5, Ryan Thompson. Right wing, number 33, Brian Key. Aile droit, numéro 33, number 33, Brian Key. Center, number 42, Liam Goddard. Centre numéro 42, Liam Goddard. Defense number 86, Mike Orlando. Les frères d'Orlando. Defense numéro 86, Mike Orlando. Et puis, défense numéro 4, Frank Orlando. Defense number 4, Frank Orlando. Et gardien du but, goalie. Il y a seulement un, numéro 1, number 1, Joachim Holmgren. That is goalie number one, Joachim Holmgren. How much do you love that? There's an actual men's league <laughs> hockey team playing in Toronto, and their name is Les Bods. Les Bods. And they sent yes. us the logo of the jersey, right? Yeah, maybe they can fire that up on the PA at the beginning of the games. I know. Like, maybe we it. should look into, like, buying an ad on the boards or something. How do we officially sponsor these masks? <laughs> jerseys we should send them some like <laughs> under armor t-shirts to wear under the gear or something yeah for sure man we could get a sponsor on the jersey if we pay for them i love like that if we do like like the soccer team where it's like i'm i don't know what it was 1100 bucks to get the shirts i know you know taggart and torrens on the back remember we did that that was great My yeah soccer team I like. Yeah. I don't know if it translates to like. Oh, I watched well, listen to that thing because I saw it on my kid's soccer jersey. But I like the idea uh, that you can get your name on stuff. Yeah, for sure. And you're helping out. You're helping out. Sponsorships. Yes. Um, well, at the very least, maybe we have some old tour T-shirts we could send Le definitely to wear yes, under their gear sure. or something. Um, yeah. Thanks for calling it that. That's such a kick. That's really fun to think about. Yeah. Especially it's people an honor. they're playing against who are like. Les Bats, what even is that? If you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, especially with the Orlando brothers. Oh, the greasy Orlando brothers. <laughs> they will take you out in the corners. Ripping and clappies from the hashies. <laughs> right? 
They're taking slab shots on breakaways, those greasy Orlando brothers. You know they are. You don't see turnovers when they're on the ice. No. I wonder, like, they probably, like, uh, throw blows at each other sometimes. Like when... Yes, definitely. They're their own worst enemies. Mike and Frank Orlando. Uh Uh-oh, here come the Orlando brothers. Yeah. (laughs) Come on, Mikey, what's the problem? Why do you got to be such an asshole for all the guys? The Orlando brothers, they're both defense. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's it. When the puck's in their end, it's coming back out. You're not getting past them. <laughs> I wonder if they always play together. You pointed out they only have one goalie. What happens if Yoakum doesn't show up? I know. Because, no, that's like the classic. There's only one because the backup means you're just sitting there all night and all the time. Yeah, right. And that's so, yeah. not fun. No, it's not. So I'm going to say Yoakum's probably pretty reliable because I'll tell you something. Frank Orlando doesn't want to strap on the pads if Yoakum doesn't show exactly. up. Exactly. Hey, it's try it out, man. It's fun. It's not fun. <laughs> I got a goalie. I got a goalie again today. Fuck. There was a TV show a few years ago. I think it was on Showcase called Rent-A-Goalie. And I think it's born out of a real thing. You can rent a goalie for your yeah. league, right? Yeah. Like fire it up on Craigslist or whatever, that idea of like online finding a guy. Yeah. For sure. It's a thing. Definitely. So big weekend so in the a, um, Taggart universe. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, well, I mean, uh, I went down to see my bud, bud Timbo, Tim Oxford, and uh, spent a couple days there golfing and hanging out with Sarah and Olivia. That was great. It was How's nice he to doing? Just kind of, he's doing fantastic. That's a... Beautiful spot, and uh, they got a great scene down there. They got good friends. It's a, it's amazing. So I was good to to kind of decompress down there for a couple days. Did he then... smoke you some meat or anything? <laughs> yeah, he did. He made some uh, some wicked uh, chicken thighs on the Traeger. Whoa! Yeah, it was pretty awesome. And he, you know what? He's baking bread like a monster and different kinds of things. Really? Like he made he made these buns for dinner that were fantastic, but also in the morning he made this like kind of like a crepey vibe. It was, but it was more. It's in a cast pan, iron pan and it, it inflates. Wow! And then it goes back down. It's almost like a, I don't know what he makes it with M- milk and eggs and yeast and stuff, but it's pretty pretty baller move. For like a in Sunday the morning in the non family. Uh, what kind of crepey kind of uh, Yorkshire pudding ish, a little bit, but like in just in you put fruit and some icing sugar on there and it's wicked, solid eats. But yeah, um, he's always got something on the go with baking or cooking or smoking. So well, I feel like cool. crepes are having a moment. Are they? Yeah, I think so. I've seen like creperies popping up all over the place. Um, so. What is this situation with the Traeger? Is that is that the high-end smoker? Is that the one you want? I think so. It seems to be. Like, uh, I don't know much about smoking and, and that stuff. All I know is, like, I, I know my way around a barbecue a bit, but yeah. not the, the next level of, like, you know, firing it up to 250 for three hours or five hours or whatever. That's a little bit out of my realm. So how has but, how has like getting back to live music been for him? Is he psyched or he, yeah, he's he's quite domesticated these days. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they they had those those bud bud stage shows, and uh, that was awesome. 
but and I think they did like Newfoundland and uh, the, or did they do the Iceberg Alley or George Street? I'm not. Uh, yeah, one of those. I, I think I saw them on George Street. It must be George Street. Yeah, but anyway, they've done a few. But uh, yeah, they said it's been awesome, and they have a new record coming out. The Blink Once. Yes, they do. So again, like they just don't stop. It's nonstop with the Arkells in their greatest way because they're just on top of it all in all formats. So I think it's going to be a good uh, year for them coming up here. Great. It's going to be sweet. Are they putting together a so, big run or they're still kind of waiting to see where things land? I think it's a little bit of both, probably, you know, because they'll be out there hardcore once, it's, once, once they can full time. But yeah, got to wait and see how this fourth wave goes. Hopefully it's going to be good. But then we had a home and home basically. So he came to my house on Monday for the uh, the Stomp the Stigma golf tournament. Nice. Yeah, which was members only this year. A lot smaller, but still, uh, it was still great. I mean, Tim came, Dan O'Toole came. Um, you know, Michael Landsberg was there. Nice. A lot of great personalities from the sports world for sure. Um, from Brian Mudrick to obviously Rod Black again hosted it. And uh, we were missing Lego, Ian Leggett. He's, he uh, took a job down in Florida. His kids are down in, in the States, so he he's uh, not at Summit anymore. So uh, we were missing Ian, even though he went to St. George's for a hot minute in between there. Oh, so, so he's a, a gone. Great, yeah, he's down in, in the States now. So we missed his presence, but um, it was great to to kind of, I guess in a sense, it's really mourning what that tournament is what it feels like, especially at the dinner when Bob and uh, Travis speaks and and uh, everybody kind of shares their story. Kendra Fisher was there. She had some great words. And uh, um, this has been the first time I spoke since James's passing. So that was kind of emotional for me. And to ton of, you know, to, I mean, I, we started this tournament just in the idea to curb suicide but uh it really ended up being you know be, be all of a sudden being a victim in it it, it changes it for me uh, also just from the perspective of i you know i went into this thinking you know let's stop let's stop suicide and never let it happen again and there's a way to do that and uh the way that situations ended up for james that wasn't the case i mean it, there has to be uh, an understanding that uh, sometimes it's it's okay to let somebody go, you know, because of the way he, that he did it and just the way his what life was. He just was um, just had a hard time, and uh, in a sense, it wasn't. It was more than just depression. It was more. It was a lot, a lot more than that. So. I think you have to understand, uh, I think looking back, it's just the best thing I can think about it in the sense is just, um, I wish I was just a little more light with him and not heavy because his life was so heavy. I'm sure he was just dealing with everybody talking like they're in an intervention, you know what I mean? And, uh, I just wish I was more, how's it going? How's the weather? Tell him a joke, you know? Those are the things that I miss the most about him because he was so funny and so smart. So, um, it's just, uh, anyway, it was nice to, to, I guess, share my story and, 
uh, get a, a sense of mourning and healing by seeing, you know, in everyone's eyes, the realization and the solidarity and the fact that everybody knows somebody that's in that boat, either on the pathway or it happened to them or any of those, those things. So it's, uh, it's just a, such an emotional day and it's, it, uh, it, you know, it's, it just kind of, you realize, um, it's important to, to mourn, you know, that's it. Um, so it's, yeah, uh, it was nice to, to, to be with all these people and to feel that warmth and, uh, just moving forward, but it always kind of takes me out for a few days. Yeah, you know, of course. It's intense and, uh, it's not something that just disappears and, or gets easier even, but, uh, yeah. So it was a, it was a great day. Well, you, you taught me that. And I think about it all the time, how, um, people that are in a dark place, maybe don't want to talk about it. And maybe what they need is a distraction or a laugh or to be reminded that the world is bigger or, um, yeah. that even just that you're there says most mm -hmm. of it. So for you, for you to speak at something like that, do you write that or do you wing no, it? Or I can't. Yeah, I can't. I can't prepare for talking from that stance. And uh, I, it just, and when I do, if I did try to prepare it, I would probably forget things or not have it the way it's supposed to be. It's and I do. I've always believed in. Same with when I play drums, like um, the best ideas come from when I'm not thinking, right? And just letting it flow. So um, I've always trusted my instinct when I when I'm talking or trying to, you know, give a speech in in some manner. Like there's there's a there's too much to to uh, think about, and there's too much if I were to try and. It's different if I was writing, like with our book, you, you know, you write and that's, that becomes the same as speaking. Um, and you might want to tweak certain things, but, um, for me, I just say everything and I'm sure it's not going to come out perfectly, but I, the points will be there and the understanding will be there. And, and the I feeling. The, the, yeah, for sure. Definitely. How's Toolsy? He's good, man. He's doing fantastic. Yeah. Uh. It was nice to see everybody there. There were so many great people. The members there are so amazing. And the people in the corporate community that help us every year. Um, just really solid people. And uh, it's nice to see it, for sure. It was great. <clears throat> Who was in your foursome? I had a bunch of bods. I had uh, Gord, Sean, Dave, and Chris. Gord from the oh, head. I'm surprised they're all no, just buds, just members and friends and uh, people that that uh, that were at Summit. Nice Summit Golf Course. So that's what I mean. Like everybody there, everyone at the at that course themselves are just such nice people, and they care so much about the event. And the support is so clear. Well, not um, that this is what what it's about at all, but incidentally, how did you golf? We were good. We were second place. We got to, we, had, we were 12 under with a bogey. So that's pretty good. Zium. 
Yeah, no, we played pretty good. I didn't contribute as much as in at most others, but I, I had a great day and it was fun. The awesome. golf was because it it did not happen last year. Yeah, we we obviously last year was canceled, and this year was looking canceled. So we just uh, Bob decided to to you know just make it a little smaller, and just uh, we you know we kind of had to to do something just to maintain it in the sense and it was a great idea that that it happened the way it did so cheers to uh, bob and marla for all the work that they put in every year because it's a lot of organizations and phone calls and stuff like that and they're so, such sweet the family, and kind people jeff, and yeah jeff and Lindsay is just such a great family and i'm glad to to have gotten to know them so close and i'm glad to call them friends you know yeah, they're great people, and you imagine mm. for them, if you lost a loved one, your your son in that way, it yeah. it would feel so great to see all the people come out and know all the good that it's doing, but it also must yeah. be painful for them all over again every year. For so sure. it's a very loving and selfless thing to do in his memory, you know? It is, it is, and uh, yeah, it, it's it, it really is... Uh, a, a heavy day and uh but it and, but so important and anybody like i said anyone who's been there and it comes they understand instantly where how how heavy it actually gets in in the in a necessary way that's what that's the best way to put it i think yeah the reason is never yeah. very far from the surface absolutely that's it for sure so yeah, what what about your week? You've been up to stuff like crazy too, I'm sure. Well, speaking How's it been, of been going. Speaking of Timbo, um, I met a yeah. couple dudes the other day who are from the Fort Erie. No way, yeah, nice. from Fort Erie, Ontario. And I was like, oh, a buddy of mine lives there. And I think doesn't Maddie Matheson, the chef, Matheson? live there? Yep, yep, he lives there. Um, he he uh, he's lives right by Cherry Hill Golf Course where we played. Does he? Yeah. I didn't... Oh, so you and Tim played down there. Yes. Yeah. And then he came, obviously, and played on Monday. Can so. you get out as a twosome down there? Or it's busy and they... they we played with Bods, Mark Forbes, and uh, Jack Gibson. They're super great guys and local community uh, people that are really involved. And uh, they really showed us a great time, man. Like, God, cheers to those guys for having us out at Cherry Hill, which is a beautiful, beautiful property. Is Tim a member yeah. there? He's uh, he's he he might be soon. It's one of those things. Ah, I don't want to step on any toes. No, of course. But it's because uh, he's you know he's got he's a member at, at, at Bridgewater. But uh, so why these not both these dudes that <laughs> I met at um uh that are from Fort Erie. Here's what they do, and here's how uh, the Covis is kind of getting them down. Because yeah. Fort Erie is 20 minutes from Buffalo, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's part of the life down there. Exactly. It's a huge part of their lifestyle. So yeah. one of the guys that I yeah. met there uh, uh, said he renew, uh, rebuilds, refurbishes old cars. And so what he does is, because um, shipping to Canada is so expensive and duty is so expensive, he got a post office box in Buffalo. So he can get his parts shipped up. to Buffalo. And there's apparently a, a business difference. down there that like specializes in, hey, Canadians, get a mailbox here if you need a mailbox. And 
So he goes to pick up the car parts in Buffalo because they're much cheaper and then brings them back across the border. He hasn't been able to get there in two years. Yeah. So that's really slowed his progress on uh, refurbishing this vehicle. Well, yeah, plus it's the, the culture is huge with the bills, right? Like everybody loves the bills like crazy and that idea of going to the game and I guess the, the week weekends are such a, a huge part of that culture and hanging out and just crossing. For, I'm sure the restaurants are fantastic there. Uh, so just to kind of spread it out because it's it's really the you know, in comparison to Fort Erie, a, a massive city. So it makes sense that that would be Was part Fort of the Fort Erie deal. like a, a town? What is it? What is yeah, Fort Erie? Yeah, it's kind of, it reminds me of like a, maybe like a smaller berry in a way, like a small berry. I'm not sure how big it actually is, but it's, it's uh, yeah, and it's on the lake. So there's some beautiful areas and spots there, but it's not a very big town. But like, so you have to. Uh, is there a price club? I'm, yeah, there's Costco and all that stuff for sure. That's there's everything. That's pretty much how you gauge the size of a town. Like, is, is, there a, is it yeah, Walmart big? Walmart. Is it Costco big? Like, well, yeah, like Walmart big would be like a city like Pembroke. Like, they're Walmart big. They have a Walmart, but they don't have a Costco. That you got to go to Ottawa to go to the Costco. Right. But Fort Erie, I think, has a Costco. So that's why it's like more like a Barry, because Barry has a Costco. <laughs> Does it? Yeah, for sure. When was the last time you were in Costco? Last night. Girl, where are you getting there? I was just just uh, food for the week, because our uh, stove is finally in, a gas stove. So now we can cook and, and eat every night instead of have to get takeout. Wait, so, so you have a, a stove food. and fridge now? Yeah, nice. yeah. Yeah, so we've got everything, dishwasher, stove, sink. They're connected. We don't have a, the sink is like just a, a, like a laundry style sink that we have installed just for now. And we're going to put that in the basement once we get everything done. So yeah, we have, we've. We put in the top cabinets from all the cabinets that, that Lisa scored, but we're put it, we, you know, we, we got a, we, we got new base cabinets, just the same people that did the closet in our room, the wall closet, which they did a wicked job on that. Does it still feel so like putting, you're living in like a hard hat alley? No, no, it's all, we're getting so close that there's no, like, RAM board or, like, cardboard on any floors now, so everything is feeling more like just the kitchen is, is a sore spot. Actually, what else I've been doing, I'm soundproofing the basement and making my drum room a legit, like, soundproofed drum room. Yes. So that'll be done tomorrow. <clears throat> Why are the, but, yeah. are the neighbors, when you go outside, like... Give no, it's not the neighbors. Guy? It's it, it's it's in the house. Like if I'm practicing for six hours, like the other day I did a seven hour shift of just practice. So like that fills the house with just annoying banging for and like I practice. I'll practice like very simply. So I'll play something very simple for like forty minutes straight, just to kind of refine it, and. Uh, so yeah, like John, there's a vent in his room where it's just like, it's pretty loud. So 
And even though he's on like three floors away or two floors away, right? So he's not like he's on the third floor and I'm in the basement just burling. So it's, it's, uh, it's like I'm. In, it's not. It's loud. It's probably loud for that. For for that. So that it's more for peace of mind of everyone in the house. Um, I got this stuff. Sono pad. It's pretty wicked. What it's is like that? It's like a really dense. It's like a dense, thick, kind of. It's like d- double what drywall would be in terms of thickness, but it's it's like compressed fiberglass, kind of. And it just really deadens sound. So if you make a cube of it, then in, anything in there is not getting out, really. It just contains it completely. But so does that make cool. it's a lot... the drumming experience less pleasant because it, it's an echo chamber? Or it just absorbs it? No, it doesn't change anything because I'm wearing earplugs or headphones when I'm drumming. So I don't care what it sounds like. It's just loud. <laughs> really loud. So this just deadens the, the sound and actually the drums will sound better because they're not just cascading all over like hard surfaces around me, you know, it'll be more, uh, just kind of, it'll stop. So you just hear a cl- more closed sound. How does it great. feel playing for seven hours a day? Are you building like calluses on blisters? No, because I'm just practicing with, I think the only thing that gives you really gives you blisters is concerts, <laughs> you know, because it's just sweaty and you're p- playing louder. Like I get like calluses, and but uh, I think when you start playing, you know, shows where it's like crushing stuff for ninety minutes, that's when the calluses start to become blisters and then calluses again. It's almost like you have to go through a. a like if a singer has to kind of lose their voice to get their voice back if they haven't been singing for a long time the calluses and blisters kind of are like that especially if it's like summer festivals you can only practice so much and then once you get out to that moisture and you're playing 90 minutes then your fingers are like yikes Ooh. but yeah i mean it's it's uh it's good it's 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 helped out like just in terms of uh my my own mental state you know just playing for a long time it just kind of makes it, it it's evening stuff out in a way i don't know it just feels better and i'm more relaxed before and after okay so let me ask you something was was the reason you were not playing as much because you didn't have your drum set up there's nowhere to play in the old house yeah or timing yeah, or kind just, of both it, it, it was a, I could play, but it was like, because it was a thinner, like it was only 25 feet wide that our old house. So there's neighbors close on both sides in the front window. And I just didn't want everybody to hear, cause you could hear the drums and for sure, like walking down the street. And, uh, I, I, I just felt that was just too much. And I didn't want to spend a bunch of money in the basement to, cause we didn't have enough space to make just some drum room the, the, our it was like 2700 feet but the basement itself was like i don't know not very big at all so if i put drums in there you couldn't even really do much down there so, so are you pumped now that you have um, a dedicated room yeah big time for sure because it makes things easier i mean we used to back in in the olp days there was a rehearsal space that i could go to and sometimes i would rent go to the rehearsal factory or whatever because it was like 20 bucks for an hour 
sometimes I would do that, but, uh, yeah, set to make a drum room wasn't possible. And now it's per perfect. Like there's so much space in the basement that it doesn't really affect anything. It's just, there was a little workshop there and I'm just turning that into the different kind of workshop. <laughs> I guess the thing about renting a rehearsal space too, is it's not your kit and there's probably something to be yeah. said for actually wailing on your De kit. Definitely. Cause you, you know, part of it is like trying out new gear. Like I just started, I picked a new set of sticks with Promark. So like they'd sent me a bunch of stuff and I'm uh, trying a bunch of heads too from Evans and like uh, Istanbul Agop sent me symbols cause there's like just, there's new stuff and just to kind of keep up on everything and get back into her. It's good. Why? What changes in as far as drum technology? Um, for me, my, I wasn't like, I was playing thinner sticks and I, I, the, just the way I've been playing lately, they just don't feel right. So I, I want a bigger stick. So I went to, uh, the, I think they're called rebounds, uh, long five A's by Promark. Cool, 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 cool. New stick I'm using. Yeah. You like that? And I'm not, I, like I said, I haven't centered on a head, but I got, uh, uh, Istanbul Agop makes these exist they're called and they're just thinner and bright so into it so i, I got a couple of those and then uh, a tradition couple traditional dark crashes that are nice 20 all 20 inch like big ones so yeah bright I, symbols a couple bright symbols and a couple darker symbols i love the adjectives that are so unique to drumming um i was talking to someone yesterday who has a winery and she was talking oh, yeah. about um, how some wines can be mousy. Yeah, like, what does that mean? What does mousy mean? And <laughs> mousy. apparently in wine, it means it tastes like corn chips. Like if it's a bad batch and it tastes like corn chips, then that is referred to as mousy wine. I don't think that's just her unique uh, term for it. I think that's no. the actual term in the industry. But yeah, in our sure. house, we describe mousy as someone who like isn't fresh. Oh, really? Like, you'll say that? Like, these chips are mousy? Well, not not about food. More like, um, oh, I'm, I'm kind of mousy. I haven't, it's four o'clock in the afternoon, and I haven't had a shower yet today or something. Oh, really? Kinda That's mousy? mousy? I, thought, I thought mousy was, like, shying away, like a person that doesn't, like, is trying to hide. Like, well, what yeah, are you but doing down then there? Then there's also, like, mousy brown hair. So I guess it is an adjective that people use, but I don't think of those people as having hair that smells like corn chips. Yeah. It's so funny with wine, like some of the things they'll talk about. And it's like, how's that a, a positive flavor? Corn chip <laughs> you know wine. I mean? me no, but they'll mention like w types of wood or like types of stuff out in a forest. Like, how's that like dirt you know, or whatever, right. like a so type of soil, like as a flavor. Like, get out of here, really? It's an like, oaky no vanilla creme brulee yeah. wet leaves. You know, <laughs> combo matt matt cause our bod from uh, 1050 tsn he, he's a sommelier i think like he's got the if he's not a sommelier he's in that he's took a bunch of things to become something that's like that but he uh he was he like he would know all those words mousy he does like he'll go take to like at a nice club he'll be that guy like okay here's this wine like he's he's like that <laughs> this next wine we're gonna try is mousy yeah 
Let's take a break, bud. Yeah, let's take a break. Hey, rip, hey, rip, hey, rip. So all the radio people are back to work. Yeah. Like they were ripping it from home for a year and a half. Yeah, now and, they're all in studio again. And they're giddy. And it, it's hard, as we've talked about before, the kind of morning zoo crew, like, hey, what? Right, right, those people. Yeah. So we listen to, I think it's called Hits One on Sirius Satellite XM when I'm taking the girls, and they go to different schools. So it's, you know, 20 minutes one way and then 20 minutes another way. So spending a fair bit of time in the morning listening to the radio. Just banging the Dua Lipa. Just banging the, yes, banging the Dua Lipa, Dua Lipa with the baby, like all of it. So, um, there's the, the morning zoo crew or whatever they're called. It's two dudes and a gal. And she has like, so check this out. A dog went into a Walmart, like those kind of stories. And they're all like, right. What if I was that dog, man, I go straight for the donuts. (laughs) Like that, that stuff. So you hear the the weekend, every other song too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And Sean Mendes. So they, they basically throw out a bone, if you can even call it that, and then the three of them kind of fight, pop culture bone, and the three of them fight over, I don't know, man, if that was me, well, I don't know, you know, you would do that, I wouldn't do that, I don't know, man. Like, that's the whole thing. Yep. So this morning on the drive to school, they were talking about how when people were working from home, they might have had regular... Um, uh, restroom habits, but now that yeah. you're back at work, does how and where and when you use the restroom change? So it was yeah. just like, I don't know, man. When I was home, I could duck into a thing and do a thing, but now that we're back here, I don't know, man. Like, when do I go? Where do I go? And people come in and after and stuff. And it opened this can of fecal worms oh, God. to the point where during I the call. next hit, the DJ was like, our producer has asked us, can you please stop texting us your bathroom habits at work? Because people are like, you know what I do is I wait till, you know, everyone's at their desk and then I excuse myself from the meeting and I go to the family bathroom. Like people are yeah. going deep. Well, I think it, it's more affecting the early morning crowd, I would assume. So explain like, the biology go- behind that. Well, if you're going to work at like... 12 or 1 o'clock, you've already been up for, you know, four or five hours or whatever. So you're probably, that's part of your day is dealt with. Okay. But for me, I always have to do that not that much longer after I'm st- walking around until in the morning. <laughs> right. <laughs> is there some, so, like... like I, that's from instinctually being on the road for so long that, like, being in a tour bus and having to hold it to like, cause it would always be, you go to bed and then you're waking up in the city. So you lie down the whole time until you're there. Cause you know, if you stand up, you'll have to go soon. So, so it's like, you just what? lie down and then like we get into the city. Like, like if we're getting into a city at like noon, I'm not standing around lying out, having a coffee in the front lounge. Like there's no way. So you're just Unless staying? I want to pull over at the Flying J and, like, I'm not feeling that. I'd rather go to the hotel and just, like, get, you know, get on with it. <laughs> so you have sometimes <laughs> stayed lying down even though you're rested and ready to get up yeah. just because you don't want to stir things up. Exactly. For sure. On what Definitely. occasion is it okay to say to the driver, you need to pull over, I'm sorry? 
Well, like if you're driving all day or something, then yeah, you're going to have to eventually put that into your schedule. But uh, it's when it's like the bus is stopping. So yeah, I think that's instinctually for me. But like I remember when I was doing like morning radio filling in a week here and there, but our two weeks, it's like you get into the rhythm of like waking up at four o'clock in the morning and it's different at that point. So at that point, you're like kind of rolling the dice more because it's just you're it's so early. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was different. So like that at that point, like if you're doing morning television or radio, like you probably might have to take a deuce at work on the reg. Okay, so let's take it back even further because we're doing exactly what the morning <laughs> zoo crew was doing this morning. But now we're in it. If, yeah. if you went to summer camp or baseball camp or sleepaway camp or any of that stuff, did you have any social discomfort about using the restroom when you were a kid? No. I did. Like, not really. Like, because it was dirty or worried no, I about just, it? I would pile on stuff onto it and I couldn't. But I remember at camp, my best friend Alex, who you met, we were at camp for, I don't know, so it was a week, maybe two weeks, but he never went at all the whole time because he just didn't want to go in there. I'm more of an Alex, and it has less to do with going in there, just more to do with, yeah. like, I don't know, other people milling around close by when you're doing that. Yeah, I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not feeling that. Like, I don't want to make noise in there. Right. Like, if I'm making noise, I'm really not feeling it. At How about, all. did and you it, have like, family friends when you were a kid where you're in the bath and someone comes in to use the restroom? Oh, for sure. Really? Yeah. yeah. No, but like, get out of here. Like, like, you're not finishing in there. Yeah, no way. But like, at an airport or something, I'm flushing the toilet. Like, if that's like what's going on, I'm flushing the toilet every two seconds. Just to cover oh, the sound. Oh, interesting. Just to cover the huge blast. <laughs> That's so intense. Like I'm like leaning forward and got one hand back on the thing just continually. That huge suck. That's never occurred to me. What a great strategy. Oh yeah, or waving your hand in front of the thing or pressing the button, whatever. Yeah, whatever it takes just to make that like 40 second huge sound a jet engine taking off below you. <laughs> but I guess it's the person next to you thinking, wow, that person's flushed a lot is better somehow than hearing the actual soundtrack of what's going down. Yeah, I just Gosh, feel uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I'm like the big rap, those huge farts. That's so disgusting. Like, there's no way. Like, if you give so yourself cavernous. a chance. Gosh, or. Brap. The big snappers and the poppers. Forget it. Or the big, like, sploosh. Like, huge. Like, like, that's the worst. The big sploosh. I can't believe we're actually talking about it for real now. Like, come on! The guy who sits down and gets it done in like two seconds? I feel like there is sort of, there should be a code among, among like bathroom users that you, we don't make eye contact when you come out of the stall. If I'm, if I'm on my way in and we both know what went down, 
We don't need to like seal that social contract with a knowing glance. If you if you got the jets ripping all the whole time, it's like who cares, you know? <laughs> it's no big deal. It's bad like feng shui or whatever, but it is what it is. At least it's not making noise. Have you I guess in all your travels, like is a flying J better than a come and go or are there um chains that are notoriously clean yeah. or places you want to avoid? Well, yeah, the ones where tr- there's lots of truckers are always the best. They're clean, right? Facility, yeah, clean, and the facilities are good, and you feel like you're there's lots of space, and you can find something far off into a corner, like huge bathrooms, so it's not so intimidating yeah. with all the peeps. Yeah, but it's uh, that's the move. Oh yeah, like the those biggest... things on the 401 where there's like a Tim Hortons and a Wendy's and a thing, and uh, you can buy souvenirs like those places with a row of 12 stalls or 20 nobody yeah, wants 25. any of that business <laughs> oh you're, you're not feeling the 12 stalls i'm not feeling it no but those ones usually have more they'll have the do- two rows yeah, <laughs> when you're in there and there's a lot of people that just yeah there's it's chaos man the sounds I guess I guess the thing is I I'm wondering if your overall experience would make you less bashful about when and where you do it, or the fart like the farting while they're having a pee like no no problem that one like come on <laughs> do people it's bad do enough that? with like yeah you just like <laughs> like just because you're in the bathroom it's like yeah I fart in the bathroom but if there's like an element if there's those people that just seem like they're like feelingless or so unself-aware that they can like be like that and not not even have a sweat about it even though i guess there's no reason to to not do it you're, you're supposed to go to the bathroom to do it but to be having to hear that bye 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 boys like dropping bombs <laughs> in the cavernous in the in the toilets and then the guys ripping farts while they're having a big piss like i would think that if if you're traveling on a bus on a band, maybe you're drinking things, maybe you're eating in weird yeah. restaurants, or your schedule's your entirely diet's off. Your kind of wacky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's already like the worst case scenario for your GI system. Yeah, for so, sure. Especially if you're touring and it's like, if you're going to Europe or something and then your sleep is affected too. Yeah. So it's like, there's all things, your insides are going, what the hell's going on? I'm just trying to get it together here. Coupled with the fact that you're not um, allowed to on the bus, and sometimes when you can't do something, yeah. that's when yeah. your body begs to differ. Like, there must have been yeah. some, Ert, let me out, let me out, over the years. Yeah, at that point, it's like either you're shitting in a bag in the toilet or shitting in a bag at the side of the road. It's the same diff. Does that happen? <laughs> yes, for sure. Like, upset stomach. Brown or, bag you know, in it? put a bag in the toilet and then go in that and then throw that out wow that's when it's just like yeah like the, the well you can't you can't put the solids down there or else you're gonna you know have to pay for it later and you don't want to do that so that's what the smell that's the bus the smell companies the, deal well you probably can, everything it's awful you can ruin the bus it can ruin the filters everything so it's just uh it's very expensive to fix too. You can't One be of those doing things. that. Yeah, for sure. 
I feel like yes. as a bus owner, that might be overstated because they had to put the fear of God into you, so you didn't. Well, also, if it ever anything happened, the smell uh, that you have to deal with every time you open that thing after and before peeing, this gas horrifying reek starts blowing up up at you. Right. That the 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 concoction you've created. Oh yeah, it's now, bad. It's, if you have the fan it's on now, above, it's now an, it's a neighbor. Now it's part of the spot, like the next, you know, the extra member in the group. The Bubba Boys. <laughs> the Boys. Yeah, man. So how? Okay, the question is, how early in the morning do you have to work that you're like, well, I can't, I can't do that before work. Uh, yeah, it'd have to be like f- four o'clock, st- like Sid Sixero on breakfast television. It's not happening before work. I I can't see it. Like I don't know unless he gets up at two o'clock. He's gonna have a deuce at the at the station. Oh my gosh, it's <laughs> it's such a visual. Um, or you just say, you know what? I'm gonna retrain myself. I'm gonna wait till I get home. <laughs> Or who knows? Are they on that early on breakfast television? No, they start at like five. I I don't know. I, I it's probably like six to nine, but they probably have to be there at four thirty to get makeup on yeah, and read the for stories sure. and stuff. Yeah. Depending on where yes. you live, you're up at three. You're up oh, at two thirty. Yeah. I forgot. Like with TV, it's an extra hour and a half prep for sure. Like you're there at three o'clock reading the news. Read through. Oh, get put no. your suit on. Producers telling you what to do. Get it together. Checking stuff happened overnight. <laughs> Having an just, extra coffee because it's early, and then your stomach's like, "Really? Oh no! You need to work with us, not against us." <laughs> He's probably got jogging pants just for that till like ten minutes before he's going on to the stage. <laughs> so if you work at nine, you should be able to back time that. He's got the Under Armour joggers going <laughs> with the big fancy top and the blazer. <laughs> hey, you got the sweatpants on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and the shoes, too. They're all dolled up, right? The, the tappers. Mm-hmm. He's got Todd loafers on. Loafers. <laughs> With Under Armour because they can drag them over the shoes, right? <laughs> so if you work at nine, you should be able to like get up at seven and make that work. But yeah, yeah. those I feel sorry for them. Six o'clock in the morning, maps. That's that's rough on the old system, man. It's gotta be. It is. Like, um, most morning people that I've spoken to, it's just, it's a way you have to get used to it, but it still affects your life more than any other job because you're, it's like, if you don't get sleep, you're screwed. If you don't take a nap, you're screwed. It's so, you have to be so meticulous and careful so you can get to sleep because everybody wants to hang out. You want, and being, you think, look, you can't stay up till eight. It's like, no, I have to go to bed. Like, (laughs) So, you know, you're missing everything that's happening, you know? Not to mention if you're 
in the, the morning thing where you have to watch the Grammys and you have to watch the, you know what I mean? You got to be the Academy Awards. You got to watch that stuff. Well, so you're up till 11 o'clock. <laughs> so you can speak about it with authority. I remember talking to Seamus yeah. uh, O'Regan when he was on um, uh, 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 Canada AM. And I think he was in like year 13 of getting up at 4.45 in the morning. Um, or maybe the car came to pick him up at 4.45. And I was like, does it get easier? And he said, never. It never gets easier. It sucks every day. And imagine suddenly it's been 12 years of that. No, I can't. I cannot. That's like going on uh, like tour forever for like a band that you're not feeling. So the first thing you do is you get into a city, you get your room key, and you make it right. Well, yeah, the fun part is the 90 minutes that you play, and then you got to deal with dealing, you know, figure out the next 20 hours plus of stuff. But I mean, stomach-wise, yeah, you get to the sure. city, you get your room key, you go to your room, and you settle up. Especially if they're boozing, if, like, you're, you know, out having drinks and partying, and then, like, getting three hours sleep. Like, the bust must have an an uh, essence of its own well the bus is different because the bus is the party room it's i know like but aren't there hotel. aren't there 12 people having chunks of air on the bus all night yeah you mean like just too many bodies you mean no, like well just... everyone does, don't do people have pass gas on the bus Oh, I don't know. There's occasional yeah sne- snoring becomes a bit of an issue i would wear earplugs every night Right into my ears, thick earplugs. Night now. Yeah, night now. I can't even hear my own thoughts. Just me and my breath. And you're probably <clears> the <throat> loudest snorer of all, but you don't even know because you have earplugs in. Yeah, no, I never snored. But yeah, there was we had uh, tour managers that snored, and it sounded like a, a chainsaw going off. And there's nothing so, you yeah, can do about it. To, no. So they would always be like... The only thing you do is try and get the furthest away, the bunk furthest away. Are, and are bottom bunks remember, the ones you want? Or, oh, it's middle, middle, isn't it? Yeah, right. Yeah, the middle is the hot one. The middle right. Like the passenger side middle is front. First one up. That's the money bunk. Why? Uh, it's just uh, to get to... Uh, there's some, there's, I don't know. There's something about it that's just the best one. Like, is that after... everyone agrees or that's your preference? Well, I can't see else, how else anyone else would agree. Because it's easy. A middle bunk's great because you can... Uh, you don't have to get down or up, reach or anything. It's all right in front of you. And uh, I don't know. The front, just because it's closer to the front and the, the engine's in the back. So you're a little bit further from the engine. So you get... A quieter ride. Huh. And I bet, like, if and you're also, over the wheel wells, you feel every bump. Well, too. no, also, when, when you're in the top bunk, you feel the turns and you feel the movement way more. When you're on the bottom, that's a, a bonus of it. But when you're on the bottom, you also hear the, the hum of the engine more. So that's why the middle one's the best. It's another good argument for it. Does the band get to pick their bunks first? Yeah, that was like, we definitely had hierarchy of bunks where it's like the band had the first four bunks 
and then the 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 crew had the the back four. I guess that's fair. And yeah, I guess it's because it's just like if you're on the road and it's just uh, everyone's trying the band's trying to get sleep, and if the guy the one dude's snoring, and it usually was our tour manager that was ripping it. So he would always go to the back. He would be like, yeah, just, I'll, I'll just sleep in the back lounge. Like, you no, know, he can't sleep in the back lounge. Why, because of his snoring? Per- yeah, it was loud. Yeah, like a chainsaw. I'm not kidding. It's rock and roll, man. Like if there's a, like the sound of a growling dog outside of your bunk window. Forget it. Growling dogs. That's the kind Forget of stuff that can grate after a while. Yeah, no, but he was great, a great guy otherwise, otherwise, so like it just let it slide, and snoring's just, yeah, forget about it, snoring's not cool. Also, the hotel room tours are better than the shower room tours, right? Oh yeah, for sure, because you have your own space and you can hang out, for sure. Turn on the local radio. And hear them talking about where people use the restroom at work. (laughs) I, that's what I would always do. Try and find the local, like, oh, like classic rock or oldie station. This is the weird thing about the Morning Zoo crew, though. Tell me an anecdote, and I'm gonna do what the guy that she's talking to says. Like, tell me about what Sean Mendes was wearing to the Emmys last night. Okay. Hi, Glint. Hey. What's Did up? Did you see what Sean right, Mendes right. was wearing last yeah, night? Man, the- I, yes, Yes. Did, did did you see the, yeah. the color of his right. suit? It was I know, did right? Did you see it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, like they didn't. You can tell they didn't see it. Not even name. listening, like, just <laughs> jumping in like this. Right, right. Loves it's the sound of their bad. own voice so much. It's not really oh, back and forth. <laughs> um, they laugh at the setups. They kind of miss her punchlines. It's a really interesting study in morning radio. And is it like, are they known people in like New York or LA? Is that what it is? I don't know. I think they're in New York. I think they're in New so York. So it's obviously a good gig. It's not like. Yeah, I think so. But every, you know, once an hour they throw to her for like, so tell us, it was a thing with Selena Gomez. Yeah, apparently she got home and her alarm was going off, but there was no one in her house. Oh, that's good. Yeah, love Selena. Me too. Oh, you're I know, right. right. And. and, and... And the and the guy the guy's voice is always super loud. Yeah. And then like oh, he comes so in really hot. Every little, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she has to button every point she makes with like, um. So apparently Sean Mendes and Camille Cabello were seen as a thing, and then she's like, ah, but I ship it. I'm here for it. Like it always has to have the. <laughs> someone told her like you should really you should weigh in with how you think of what you think about this stuff because that really makes it personal. <laughs> So every single thing is like, I mean, I wouldn't want to do that if I was if I was them. But then again, I, I'd like to have their money. Like the most, it's a first draft. Everything they do is a first draft. Oh, man. And that just makes me sad if you're trying to get around. Well, it's actually kind of makes it funny, too. Makes it super it's funny. Like they're more hired for their voice than what they're saying. Right, right. Almost. I know, right? Anyway, sometimes stuff we do is a first draft too. It ain't easy being perfect. I, I hear it in a year too, and it, it's <laughs> it's great, man. When you hear got like guys just riffing, and you know it's like they were they do not mean it at all, 
but they're talking about like how much they love something. And they're laughing. Just, yeah, just no, to like, laugh. I, there's no joy in it. I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> Good chat, bud. Meanwhile, they're, meanwhile, their program director's giving them a glean, like more energy. Yeah, higher energy, guys. When you laugh, like that stuff's infectious. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, yikes. Good chat and is right. See you next week, bud. See you, bud. <laughs>